This is the Jump Pass brought to you by the Titan Upload Network. I am your host, Ryan. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the Titans with yet another victory, make it five in a row. Um, we're also going to talk about Malik Willis's debut or lack of a debut or however you want to call it. But we start, you know, I'm going to talk about it and kind of talk to you about, you know, some of these Titan fans too about you know, the things that I've been seeing um, on social media in regards of Malik Willis and how I feel like it's unfair, very unfair criticism. And they're also going to talk about the trading deadline briefly, not too much because <laughs> the Titans didn't make any moves. So it's not really much to talk about, but um, I, I am going to briefly talk about that as well. And then, you know, of course, we're going to recap the, uh, we're going to preview the Titans and Chiefs matchup which is going to be a very big matchup for the Titans to kind of, you know, put their, you know, their name in the head as one of the AFC's Dark Horse Super Bowl contenders. And then, of course, I will have a upset pick for this week's NFL action. I got one upset pick that I feel pretty confident about. So hopefully, you know, it'll hit for me. But before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Drop and Ship. 901 Drop and Ship is where quality and customer satisfaction is the main priority. All right. So they, you know, specializes in technology such as ring light, you know, for your podcast. And they also do, you know, have technology in regards to like a GPS tracker, things of that nature. I personally bought me a car mount for my car because I was tired of holding my phone in the palm of my hand as I was trying to find where I was going. So the good people out there at 901 Dropship gave me a car mount and it's been nothing but a godsend. I won't have to, you know, drive unsafely. I can basically look at my phone, know where I'm going so I can get to where I need to be. So shop at the at the people at 901 Drop and Ship. They're going to provide you with excellent shopping experience. And they have the perfect combination of home decor and technology products. So shop at 901dropship.com. Let the people out there know that your boy Ryan sent them, and they'll hook you up. So, again, website is 901dropship.com. And tell them that your boy Ryan from the Jump Pass was recommended to go on the website and for all your shopping needs. All right, so let's talk about the game itself. Titans and Texans. Titans won 17 to 10. Game was not close as the score indicated, and it was a very boring game. I'm just keeping it real. It was a very unexpiring game for both teams. Now, if you're a Titan fan like myself and others, this was a great game because the Titans won. But for the casual football fan that, you know, if this is like the first time you watch an NFL action and somebody recommended this particular game, 
I can probably understand why they probably wouldn't want to watch another football game. That's kind of how boring this game was. But one thing that wasn't boring was Derrick Henry. 32 carries, 219 yards, two touchdowns. He has six career 200-yard games. Four of them are against the Houston Texans. It's official. He has full real estate. He has full property in the city of Houston. And, man, I mean, he every time, every time he plays Houston, he dominates. And it's been a um it's been crazy. Now, last year he did not play against Houston at all because when he was injured, the Titans have not played Houston at all at that point. So he could have probably got another 200. If he wasn't if he wasn't hurt, he would have gotten probably got another 200 yard game last season. So it would have been seven 200 yard games, and five of them would have been against Houston, which that's that's still crazy. And also, too, to point out, Derrick Henry did break the franchise record for touchdowns, um, passing Eddie George. Um, he also passed, you know, Earl Campbell as well. So, c- congrats to the King for accomplishing that. I mean, that is not an easy accomplishment, especially in Titans Oilers history, because Titans Oilers have had some of the best running backs over the last. I guess you could say last 50 years, you know, with Earl Campbell, Eddie George, Chris Johnson, just to name a few. So now Derrick Henry is now, you know, on the top of the throne in in touchdowns. So, again, congratulations to Derrick Henry for accomplishing that feat. And, you know, he's still got another, you know, at least a good two or three years worth of elite football level play to where he can get close to 100. So, be on the lookout for that. He he may he might get to a hundred, uh, to a hundred. But I definitely think he'll get somewhere between ninety to ninety-five. That's my that's my guess. I think he's going to get somewhere between ninety to ninety-five. But let's talk about the game itself, okay? We talked about Henry, but let's talk about the game itself again. Like I said, not a very not a very exciting game on a on an offensive standpoint, but. It was expected, you know. You had Malik Willis, and uh, shout out to my guy Titans Rossi. Want to give him his flowers because he was the first one to report that Malik Willis was going to start before the mainstream media kind of got their hands, you know, and, and, and found out themselves and put and they put it out on Saturday. Rossi put it out on Friday that Malik Willis, per his sources. Malik Willis wasn't going to was not uh, was going to be the starter for this particular matchup, and you know, of course, got a little backlash from it. But that comes with the territory, right? When you when you're putting out a story, you know, especially when you're the first one to put out a story, usually you're going to get the most backlash, right? Adam Scheffner, you know, put uh, put out the news about Brady retiring. He was basically the first one. He got a lot of flack for it, but at the end of the day, people are still going to listen to Adam Scheffner. So, you know, with Rossi, the thing is, you know, he's going to continue to put out, you know, if he hears something that is, you know, that's going to be verified and solidified, then he's going to put out that, he's going to put out that material and, you know, people are going to like it. People are not going to like it. I always learn in life, whenever you do something, you know, whenever you do, you're not going to get 100% approval with anything that you do in life. So at the end of the day, you know, at the Titan Upload Network, we're here to put out the news 
and have the people, you know, know about everything that's going on regarding the Tennessee Titans. But yeah, Malik, uh, six of 10, 55 yards and a pick. You can pretty much tell from the start that he was not ready um, to play um, professional football yet. You could tell that he was nervous. He, you could tell that he got a lot of growing up to do in regards of of his play. Not not personally, but his play has a lot of growing up to do, and that's okay. I, I thought this was the perfect team to play against. Um, it wasn't going against an elite team like Kansas City or Buffalo. Or this we'll be talking about a, a different outcome. But you know, Houston they won five and one. This was the perfect matchup because Houston is not a very good team. And I feel like, to me, Mike Vrabel knew exactly what he was doing by putting Malik Willis out there and not put Logan Willis out there, which in my mind, I really felt like they had tried to put – I really felt I thought they were going to put Logan Willis out there. But I'm glad that they put Willis out there just to kind of see, you know, how far he has came along, you know, since the preseason. You know what I'm saying? So. It was it was interesting to me just to see how how far along his development is, and like I said, it's some things that he can work on, and it's some things that um, that he's going to be really good at right away in regards to his athleticism, um, his arm strength, then things of that nature. But it's basically the intangibles. He just needs to work on the intangibles, on just standing in the pocket, make up you know make the throws that he needs to make. I mean, the one pick he had was he threw the ball late to Cody Hollister. Don't get me started on Cody Hollister. Cody Hollister should not even be on the field. Uh, I understand that the Titans are missing uh, a couple of wide receivers, but at the end of the day, I would rather have a three tight end set than to not have Cody Hollister out there on the field. And then Cody Hollister, just looking at the replay, he flopped. He flopped. He didn't. He tried to draw a pass interference call. Which, if I'm the ref, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have made that call. That call for what? Who is Cody Hollister? He ain't Devontae Adams. He ain't DeAndre Hopkins. You know what I'm saying? He ain't Tyreek Hill. So I'm not gonna give him. I'm not gonna give him that benefit of the doubt that. Oh yeah, he probably did. Uh, you know, interfered with the uh, with the passing play. So no, nah, I wasn't gonna give him that. So terrible flopping job on Co- Cody Hollister. Um, bad throw on Malik Willis, and as a result, he had a pick. Now, he did not really throw the ball. He did not throw the ball at all in the second half. And why should you when you got a guy in Derrick Henry, every time he got the ball, he's rushing. He's getting six, eight, six, eight or more yards per pop. Also, to give a shout-out to Dontrell Hilliard, he, gave, you know, he put in about eight carries, almost 100 yards, about 80 yards himself. He was getting 10 yards a pop. So, when the running game is going, no need to pass. And for all you people out there that's talking about, see, I told you, Malik, yeah, he sucks and all that. I'm talking to you, Jerry Stillman, talking about Malik Willis sucks. Yeah, no shit. My apologies for cursing, but he's a third-round pick. I mean, what did you expect from Malik Willis? Did you expect him to throw? You expect him to be 25 or 30 for 350 yards and three touchdowns? Of course not. And if you if that's your expectation, then we got a problem because Malik Willis is a third-round draft pick for a reason. He's not ready yet, and that's cool. I, for one, did not take Ryan Tannehill for granted. I have been on this very show and complimented Ryan Tannehill for his longevity and his stability because 
the last couple of years where the Titans have dealt with injuries at running back with Henry, at wide receiver when we had A.J. Brown and Julio, when we hit, were dealing with injuries in the offensive line, injuries on the defensive line, injuries at linebacker, injuries at secondary. The one constant, the one constant thing on this team, all right, besides what, kicker, besides Randy Bullock and that, at that time, Brett Kern, was Ryan Tannehill. Brian Tannehill was the band-aid that kept this thing from falling apart. He was basically, you know, he's basically Gorilla Glue. He was the Gorilla Glue to this to the Titan ship to make sure that they kept afloat until they reached to their destination, until they got their players back. Now, yes, Ryan Tannehill was the reason why the Titans lost that playoff game, but the Titans would not make the playoffs last season if Ryan Tannehill would have got hurt at any point for a long stint. All right, if it was, you know, if he missed five, six or more games, Titans ain't making the playoffs. They weren't going to make the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs with Logan Woodside backing up and, and getting starters reps. But the point that I want to make with Malik Willis is Malik Willis' ceiling is still high to me. For one, again, Malik Willis was not going to throw the ball that much. And I said it on the tweet. I know we're all happy that Willis is starting, but are you really expecting anything from a Todd Downing-led offense, a Todd Downing offensive-coordinated offense? Malik Willis was not going to throw the ball. Now, I didn't think, I thought he would throw the ball more than 10, of course, but I didn't see no more than maybe 20 or 20 pass attempts. Me personally, I didn't see 20. Ryan Tannehill this year, this year alone, has only thrown the ball 30 or more times one time. And that was only because, and that was only in week one. So he, we went, we basically, since week one, Ryan Tannehill has not thrown the football no more than about 25 to 28 times. Look at the stats. Tannehill is not putting up. Big time Pro Bowl numbers. Now he's not turning the ball over. That he, from and that's great. He's only had three interceptions. Two of them came against Buffalo. But Malik Willis, you think Malik Willis was going to throw the ball thirty times a game? You thought he was going to throw for three hundred yards in his first game? Can't recall a quarterback that just came out there and just balled out the first game. Patrick Mahomes was decent. He threw, you know, he threw for two eighty and. He didn't even throw a touchdown in his first game. Remember that game? It was week 17 against Denver. He didn't, he looked okay. I knew he would be great eventually, but he looked okay. Um, but Malik Willis, six of 10, 55 yards. And that's basically that was all of it in the first half. All of that was in the first half. The game plan was like give Henry and Hillier the ball. And if if Houston is not going to make any kind of commitment or have any kind of plan of stopping the run, there's no need to pass the football. So I'm going to give kudos to Brable and Todd Downing in a way for just saying, you know what, we're just going to just run it. We're just going to run it down their throat and live with the results. So at the end of the day, Malik Willis, that's going to take some time. That's going to take some time. But I do like the fact that he does now have some tape that he can study. It's probably not much tape, but he does have some tape that he can study. He can learn from. He can look at it in the off season and say, Hey, look, 
okay, this is what I did wrong. Okay. I should have threw that. I should have threw it a little sooner on that interception. I should have stayed in the parking longer. I should have got out of the parking on this certain play. Now he has tape. And that's the most important thing. And like I said, you know, that's that's really what it all boils down to. Just getting that experience. That was the big thing for me. He got the experience now, you know, playing in the uh in this in this level of football. It's not how it's to me as as a fan base, yes, we expect Malik Willis to be great because we drafted him in the middle of the round. Third round, that's pretty high. I mean, it's not first or second, but it's third round though. So we expect him to sooner or later to be the kind of quarterback that we that we as a fan base want him to be. So that way when the Titans make that transition from Ryan Tannehill to Malik Willis, it would be a smooth transition. And we might even be better under center with Malik than Tannehill. But you're not going to get that off of one game. You're not getting it off this game. If anybody thought that you was going to get a 300-yard passing performance with a couple of touchdowns out of Malik Willis, you are out your damn mind. You're just out of your mind. It just it's that's to me. You're not thinking logically here. So of course Malik Willis was going to struggle. Of course. Oh, he's not ready yet. Mm. Duh. Of course he wasn't going to be ready. He's a third-round draft pick from a small school who's known for their online schooling program than their athletics. Liberty ain't even been around as a college uh, as a college uh, football team or a college basketball team. Ain't even been around that long. So let's let's chill with the Malik Willis slander. Let him develop. Hopefully he will be developed under a better you know offensive system and a better offensive manic uh, coordinator, hopefully. But let's let Malik Wills mature and let's just see what we have, you know, you know, go with the horses that we got, of course, and, and let Ryan Tannehill do his thing and see what, what happens for the rest of the season. But Malik Willis, I was not the one to say let Malik Willis start. At the same time, I was not the person that was, you know, I didn't think Malik Willis was going to do that much of anything in this game. But some people's expectations are, you know, higher than others. But that's just my thoughts about that. Now, going back to this game, the defense was just – the defense was amazing. And it had to be. The defense had to play like the 2000 Ravens, the 2002 Buccaneers. They had to be that great because, of, you know, like I mentioned, Malik Willis being that quarterback, defense had to step up. The Titans won the way the Titans would want to win football games. The, the the philosophy remained the same. They ran the football, which was, you know, obvious. 314 yards rushing as a team. And they played great defense. The Texans only had 161 yards total. And they ran 51 plays. So it's not like they ran a, you know, a low amount of plays. They ran 51 plays. And only got 161 yards. They only had 43 yards rushing. The Texans even won the turnover battle, but you know, which is one of the things that I always say, hey, you know, you don't, you know, you want to win the turnover battle, but the Texans won the turnover battle two to one, but still lost the game. But the Titans on defense did what they normally do. They get they went, they gathered the quarterback, uh, they caused a couple of turnovers, where well, they caused one turnover. 
And then, you know, they also did uh, the one thing they've been doing all season long. Third down defense has been great. Third down, two for 14. The Texans were two for 14 on third down. That's how that's how you have a great defense is get those guys off the field on third down. Now, they were two for two on fourth down, but that was garbage time, though. So I'm not going to even – I'm disregarding it. But they won time of possession. The Titans were nearly plus uh, plus 10 in time of possession. So to me, it's just just a dominating defensive performance by the Tennessee Titans. And really, honestly, I can't name everybody that done well because to me, I feel like on defense, everybody did great. Long was good. McCreary was good. Fulton was good. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons was a beast as always. Uh, even got sex from even got a set from Demarcus Walker. Demarcus Walker came in, got a set. Bud Dupree, of course, getting a set in total of three sacks. Um, a lot of pressures, a lot of QB hits. It was just a really, really strong effort from the defense. And like I said before, it was much needed. And that's what carried us. Derrick Henry and the defense carried the Tennessee Titans to a win. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we can, you know, ride that momentum to Sunday night football against the Kansas City Chiefs, which I will briefly talk about in just a moment. But before I get into that topic, I want to talk about the Titans trading deadline as I close this Tennessee Titans versus Houston Texans chapter. So, of course, the Titans need needed to fill a few a couple of holes. One was at wide receiver and another one was at O-line, which I prefer was the 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 one spot that they needed help the most. Yes, I know wide receivers, the wide receiver court is not that good, but I feel like the O-line was a little bit worse than the wide receiver court. At least with the wide receiver court, you are going to get some guys back that can contribute. O-line is kind of is what it is. So, you know, I was thinking that maybe somehow they can get an alignment from a team that's, you know, rebuilding or that's not going to be competitive this year or whatever the case may be. Nothing. Nothing. And I'm not surprised. Don't get me wrong. I'm not surprised that the Titans did not make any moves in the trading deadline. They're going to ride with what they got, and and it is what it is. But the problem with that is I knew they weren't going to do that simply because they're five and two and they lead in the AFC South. I think personally, and then another thing too is they don't really have the money. And a lot of people say, oh, the cap is a myth. The cap is only a myth to teams, to basically big market teams like the Rams. All right. That's when the cap is a myth. And even with the Rams, they're not really spending a whole lot of money if you really think about it. They're just using. The, they're using a lot of collateral to get good players. They use the they use collateral to get Von Miller. They use collateral to get uh to get Jalen Ramsey. They use collateral and a player, uh, a player or two to get Matt Stafford. So they're not necessarily spending a lot of money. They just don't give a damn about drafting anybody um, in the first round or the first couple of rounds. They haven't had a first, they haven't drafted a first round in the first round since 2016 when they got golfers overall pick. And that was the Titans pick. So they haven't really, you know, they don't care about drafting in the first round or in the second round. 
they done so well drafting in the later rounds. They said, okay, we got the scout team to do to to draft quality players in the later rounds. We can use these first, second, or third round picks to get proven players that have been in the league and been the Pro Bowl that can compete and that can basically contribute on a team that, you know, that's basically is always Super Bowl or bust because you're in LA. With the Titans, it's a, it's, it's a little bit different. The Titans kind of need to draft a little bit better to kind of build their roster to be a championship roster. Could they do the, the St. Louis, oh, well, I'm sorry, St. Louis, the L.A. Rams uh, kind of uh, strategy and just trading picks? Maybe, possibly. But they tried doing it. They gave up a high draft hit to get Julio Jones, and Julio didn't work out. Could you know? Could that have been the reason why John Robinson kind of was a little gunshy in the trading deadline? Probably so. Probably so. It's possible. They gave up a draft pick for an O-line in Dennis Daly, and that's been a disaster. All right. To, to put it nicely, that's been a disaster. So at the end of the day, I didn't think John Robinson was going to do anything in the trade line, the trading deadline, and he didn't do anything in the trade deadline. So it is what it is on that. And we just have to live with that. Live, you know, live, you know, go with the guys that have been here since the beginning. Who's been, you know, so far five and two. Five and two is, I mean, you're in a good spot. You're in a good spot. You have the number one seed in, well, you're the number one in the AFC South. Currently, you're the number two ranked, uh, number two ranked team in the AFC behind Buffalo. So. It's, it's not all bad. Of course, I know that people are saying that, oh, you know, we're just satisfied for, you know, satisfied for winning the division. I mean, technically, the way things are going, it could be just the AFC, uh, AFC South Championship and getting put out in the first round or the division round. It could be. could be just one and done. But you never know. Once you go in the playoffs, everybody's zero and zero. Any given Sunday or any given Monday, well, any given Saturday or if any given Sunday when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, nobody thought the Bengals were going to be in the Super Bowl. Hell, I didn't even have them winning the division. And a lot of people didn't have them winning the division. A lot of people had the Bengals finishing last in the in the AFC North, and they won the Super Bowl. I mean, not winning the Super Bowl, but they got to the Super Bowl. So at the end of the day, just let, let's just see how it plays out. And then we kind of can go from there. That's the only thing we can do, especially as fans. That's the only thing we really can do is just kind of see what's going to happen, right? Just let's just chill on that. Let's just, you know, get over the trade deadline. Let's move on to the rest of the season and let the chills fall where they may. That's the only thing I can, that's my only advice to fellow Titans fans out there. All right, so let's. Open up the chapter of Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs. Sunday night football is at Arrowhead. The Titans have had their, you know, have had some success against the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, by the way, I was at the I was at a Chiefs um podcast. All right. You know, my guy Clarence um and Chris, those guys out there doing big, big things, man. So shout out to them for inviting me to talk about Titans and Chiefs, man. Um, you know, I had a really good time. And, you know what I'm saying, just, uh, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to drop the link. 
I'm going to drop the link so y'all can listen to it uh, on the description. So y'all can kind of, you know, give my, give some more, you know, give my thoughts and their thoughts about the, um, about the upcoming matchup between the Chiefs and the chi- uh, and the Titans on Sunday Night Football. But uh, yeah, so let's talk about Titans and Chiefs. The Titans, this is the matchup to me that's going to kind of, it's kind of a measuring stick kind of matchup for the Titans. They won five in a row, but they beat the Colts twice. They beat the Commanders. They beat the Raiders. They beat the Texans. Neither one of those teams going to the playoffs. Even though the Commanders are starting to play a little bit better, they're four and four, but they're playing in a tough NFC East division. I can't believe I'm saying NFC East is tough, but that's what kind of season it's been so far in 2022. But these teams are not making the playoffs. Finally get the chance to play a tough team in the Kansas City Chiefs just to kind of see where the Titans met, you know, measure up at. They had a great October, the Titans did, undefeated in October. I said October was an important month. They went undefeated. They went 4-0. Three of those wins were against the division. Because The reason why I say it was important because November and December are pretty tough. All right, especially in November. November is a very tough schedule, and this is the start of it. All right, there is a five-game stretch where the Titans could, this could not necessarily make or break their season, but we can really know a lot about this Titans team in general before the playoffs start during this five-game stretch and the start of it against this Kansas City Chiefs team. Now, we already know what Kansas City brings to the table. They have Patrick Mahomes. They, of course, they don't have Tyree Hill anymore, but they're still putting up incredible amount of points. They they still have a top-five offense. They got Travis Kelsey, best tight end in football. They have, you know, they got a receiving core, which it doesn't really scare you, but they produce, they're still producing at a pretty high level. Juju Smith-Schuster is still is a, is a quality receiver. MVS is a quality receiver. They do a lot of jet sweep motions with uh, Nicole Hartman. And now they got Kadarius Toney, who may or may not play. I'm not really sure. And then they also got um, Sky. Uh, they got Sky Moore as well. So they got a lot of versatility in that uh, receiving core, which let's kind of be honest, they didn't really have, they really was not that versatile last year. It basically was, it was Travis Kelsey, it was Tyree Hill. That was pretty much it. Now, you know, they got some weapons that they can use um, pretty effectively. And with Andy Reid as a play caller, you know, you can do a lot of things with those with those weapons. And the Kansas City offensive line is uh, is really good. Um, their defense is not as bad as I thought it would be. It's still not a, you know, elite defense, but it's not as bad as I thought it would be. I, I'm thinking, you know, it was going to be kind of worse with no uh, Tyran Matthew. Now they would not have Frank Clark because he's suspended, so that's going to be that's a big loss for them, and that's a big advantage for the Titans' offensive line, which needs all the help they can get on the, you know, defending being a pass blocking team. They need all the help that they can get. Run blocking is not an issue. Pass blocking is a huge issue. So with no Frank Clark, that should definitely help a little bit. Chris Jones, to me, who's been playing some really good football, looks like he's been playing. He's been playing at an all-pro level. Um, so that's going to be a great matchup to kind of look at from the trenches standpoint, looking at Chris Jones. 
on uh, Kansas City and then looking at Jeffrey Simmons. To me, those two guys, along with you know Aaron Donald and Fletcher Cott, those are some of the best in the game. So it's going to be very exciting just to see you know Chris Jones and and because Chris Jones is you know one of my favorite players in the league, along with Jeffrey Simmons, because they both you know create so many matchups, uh, so many matchup nightmares for opposing offenses. So at the end of the day. Uh, that's going to be very exciting to look at. The biggest key of this matchup, and I mentioned this on the Chiefs podcast with, with my guys Clarence and Chris, was basically the trenches. I think the game is going to be won and lost with the trenches because I feel like if the Titans' defense line, and I think it's elite, I think it's one of the top three to five best defense, defense lines in all of football, if they could get to Patrick Mahomes, then they're going to have a shot to win this football game. But they have, they have to get to Patrick Mahomes because the Titans secondary, they do not have the secondary, and I'm talking about corners. They do not have the corners to compete with these wide receivers. Now, again, Kansas City wide receivers are not that elite, but they're good enough. Juju's been a pro bowler before, so it's not like Juju's not a, you know, he's not slaw. He's not bad, you know what I'm saying? Uh, MVS, he, he can create big plays, and we already know what Travis Kelsey can do, right? So, and they also got you know solid running game. Uh, Clyde Elvers, Elaire, um, they you know they run the ball a little bit more than they used to. Uh, it's not as imbalanced that it's been in previous years, so they run the ball a little bit more than they previously previously have. Um, they also got um, uh, McKinnon as well a guy that can catch passes out of the backfield, something that the Titans have struggled with in the past. But, yes, the the key to me, one of the big keys is the trenches. Can the Titans' defensive line, can Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, Rashad Weaver, can those guys, the Nico Audrey as well, can those guys get to the quarterback? Can they consistently get out there, Patrick Mahomes. They don't have, have, have to necessarily sack them, but just get there and cause pressure. Make Patrick Mahomes have to improvise a lot in the pocket. He's going to make some great plays because he's Patrick Mahomes. But if you can make him uncomfortable pretty much the entire ball game, I feel like the Titans will have a shot. All right. I really do. And on tight, you know, for the Titans on offense. The biggest key is ball control. Win the time of possession. Convert on third down. Have success on first and second down. So if you do have to face a third down, it won't be third and eight. It won't be third and nine, third and ten. It'll be third and three, third and two. When you had, you know, when you had third and two and third and three, besides doing a you know a terrible jet sweep, don't do the jet sweeps anymore. But it puts you in a position to where you can basically it opens up the playbook to where you can do a lot of different things besides, you know, other than the jet sweeps. Don't again stop doing the jet sweeps with anybody. I don't care if it's Malik. I don't care if it's Chid, Cody Hollister, Austin Hooper, Jeff Swain, whoever. Stop doing the jet sweeps. But other than the jet sweeps, it kind of opens up the offense to where you basically can do pretty much anything to get this that two yards besides the jet sweeps. <laughs> I'm putting the emphasis on the jet sweeps. Stop doing the jet sweeps, all right? 
But that's the key for on offense. Control, 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 control the ball. Not only with just the time of possession, don't turn it over. Don't give Patrick Mahomes a short field or extra possessions to put up points because nine times out of ten, they they're gonna score if you give them a short field. Make the game ugly. That's all I'm saying. Make the game as ugly as possible. Don't get into a shootout with the Chiefs. If the Titans try to get into a shootout with the Chiefs, they're going to lose by three scores. Don't get into a shootout. Make the game ugly. Make it close. Even play with a lead, perhaps. But make the game ugly. If you can make the game ugly, I really truly believe that the Titans have a chance to win. But it's going to be a tough matchup for the Titans simply because I don't know how they're going to generate offense. I just don't know. I don't know how they're going to get point. How they're going to put points on the board consistently? Can they score? Can they score more than twenty? I I saw the NFL Network prediction. One prediction. One person said the Titans going to score thirty-one and lose. Like I'm like the Titans scoring thirty-one would be great because if they score thirty-one. I'm confident enough that the Titans can hold Patrick Mahomes to under 30, if that's the case. If the Titans score 31, I'm pretty confident that not only did the Titans win, but they will hold Patrick Mahomes under 30 points. But I think the Titans will have to ugly this game up a little bit. They they definitely will have to. And do the things that can win ball games. Don't turn the ball over. Don't commit stupid penalties. Put yourself in a position to win. Don't be don't let the Kansas City Chiefs capitalize on mistakes. Don't don't make mistakes, period. All right. So that's to me, those are two keys on offense, ball control, run the ball with Derrick Henry, run the ball with Duntra Hill, convert third down. And then on defense, get out the Patrick Mahomes. Also, too, to add to that, stop him on third down. Number one third down defense in the league. Live by that, all right? Continue to ride that. Be the number one third down defense in the league. When it's third down and whatever, stop them. Give the ball to your offense. Those are the keys, in my opinion, to a Titans victory. Now, will they win? Hopefully so. I'm not going to give you a prediction. I actually did on the Chiefs podcast. So check it out. You're probably not going to like the response that I gave, but I did give a prediction. But trust me, if the Titans ugly up the game, they will have a chance to win. It just, they just got to, I mean, that's really the only way. I would be totally shocked if the Titans win in the shootout. I would be, that would be the shock of the year, in my opinion, the shock of the year. That a Todd Dowling layer offense beat Andy Reid, basically beat Andy Reid in a shootout. It's gonna be a tough matchup. Chiefs coming out of the bye. Andy Reid is twenty and four coming from a coming off from a bye. That's the one guy. That was the one guy I do not want to face coming out of the bye. He if he gets two weeks to prepare for you. He usually comes out on top. But Mike Vrabel has also been good. Um, he's been good against Andy Reid. In his coaching career, so we're gonna we're gonna see. It's gonna be a really great matchup, and I can't wait for Sunday Night Football. But those are my keys of, uh, to this particular matchup. All right, before we close 
this um, this episode. Of course, I got to talk about what's going on in week nine. Just really, really quickly, I got one upset pick. The upset pick that I got is actually on, it's basically on Monday Night Football. Got the Baltimore Ravens. They're going to be on the road. They're going to be playing against the New Orleans Saints. I think the Saints defense is back to being the Saints defense that they were last season. I think Baltimore, Baltimore has not played well on the road. I think Baltimore, to me, just like a lot of teams in the National Football League, have been up and down, a lot of a lot of ups and definitely a lot of downs. I think this is going to be a down moment. I'm picking the New Orleans Saints for the upset here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm picking Andy Dalton to be Lamar Jackson. To me, Baltimore has not really impressed me over the last few games when it comes to their offense. And then when they get a lead of at least two scores, they give it away. So in this case, New Orleans is going to be loud. It's going to be popping out there. The the, uh, the Superdome is usually one of the loudest stadiums in football. And I think the Ravens are going to have some their issues moving the ball against a motivated Saints defense. And I think the Saints are looking at this situation as an opportunity to basically, you know, maybe steal this division away from the, the Buccaneers or the Falcons. So I think to me, I got New Orleans being Baltimore. Uh, that To me, that's the one I feel like it makes the most sense. So I'm going with New Orleans over the Ravens. All right, y'all, that's going to conclude this episode of the Jump Pass brought to you by the Tighten Up Load Network. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Be on the lookout for the next episode. Hopefully, we're talking about a Titans win. We're going to cross our fingers, right? We're going to cross our fingers, all right? But be on the lookout for the next episode. Of course, you can catch this episode and all episodes on all streaming platforms. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at RyanHarris662. Follow the podcast at the Jump Pass TN on Twitter. But until then, I see y'all next time. Peace, love, and do one thing for me. Tighten up. Y'all have a good one.